0: Welcome to a wiser retirement podcast. Before we get started with the episode, I want to tell you about a new ebook available on our website called buyer beware. Why do they keep trying to sell you that annuity? This ebook covers the various types of annuities, negatives to owning annuities and better investment alternatives to annuities. To download this ebook, you can click the link in the episode notes or go to wiserinvestor.com and you'll find it at the bottom of the page. Now on to today's episode.
1: Welcome to a Wiser Retirement Podcast, where we believe the best financial advice should always be conflict-free. I'm your host, Casey Smith. Today, we, I'm joined by guest uh, Robert Swarthout. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Robert's the uh, president, founder, Teton Capital, Crypto yes. Capital. Yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> uh, and good friend of Wiser. We yes. had that. Yep. Um, so today, we're going to talk about why we think crypto is so difficult for the common investor to understand.
2: Yes. You know crypto ends up in the news cycle, and you know I think you know generally the news likes to pick up negative things um and you know tries to explain them. but at the end of the day, you have a new technology that you know is roughly fourteen years old and if you kind of like think back when the internet was fourteen years old, you know that was late nineties really right um and how was it you know how was it perceived then well it was perceived as niche confusing you know something people did in their dark basement those kind of things um you know even the media when they were talking about it they couldn't quite explain it they would be confused there's that famous um uh article I mean article video where um Katie Couric was trying to explain what an email address was and they were trying to explain the at sign right like we all <laughs> understand what at signs are these days back then it was that funny thing on a keyboard that no one really used right um, right so you know you just end up with you know people learning on the job which I think is there's that's positive but you know when people read things in the news too often I think they believe them as true versus trying to like dig deeper and understand what the problems are you know the issues with what is being said. Um, if you've
1: ever known a lot about something, and then that something pops up in the news, and yes. you read the article and you go, "None of this is this is all incorrect." <laughs> yes, it's like any aviation-related article I've ever read, not in an aviation publication, but just like Wall Street yeah. Journal, or whatever. You read it and you're like, "This this is not accurate." I think probably most recent is um, the SpaceX mm. rocket. Blow up and right. the headlines Fox, CNN, Wall Street Journal, everybody says uh bad day for Elon. Mm. Actually, it was a great, great success. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he didn't it, blow in up the, in the pad. It's, it's yeah. a super rocket. I, right. I what's the official name for it? Do you remember um the I, I, Falcon Heavy? No, Fal- is, is it Falcon
2: Heavy? I forget. I thought Falcon Heavy had three rockets I and mean, the anyway. falcon art <laughs> already is happening
1: it's clearly it's, we're doing right. exactly what the media is yes. doing but but the the point is is that when you launch rockets you blow up a lot of rockets mm-hmm. and because all this data is coming back down to the computer and they're learning so much about how to make it better and you knew from that the whole the whole point was to get it past the pad mm-hmm. anything past the pad on that rocket launch was mm-hmm. extra right I,
2: you know <laughs> as an aside there i i remember well I, I didn't see it live but i remember watching the video and you could see the a picture or video of the bottom of the that rocket and how many of the engines were not working and yes still flying i was That's like right. this is so cool
1: <laughs> and the one that was sputtering as yes. it was going up but if you listen to the live feed of the rocket launch they even told you mm. that what the purpose was and anything it, i think uh the 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 lady who does the commentary I think she she said anything past the pad is icing on the cake Mm -hmm. and and so clearly anybody who wrote about the rocket launch was not actually listening (laughs) to the rocket launch yeah you know obviously it's still to
2: come but I you know when they decide they actually come back and land the starship oh yeah um and this how it lands I remember where I was at when they first um successfully landed just a normal booster. Um, that came back to, I think, on the drone ship yeah. off off of uh, the coast of Florida. And it just like, I, I remember that moment. I imagine the next moment will be the um, uh, when the starship comes flopping down sideways.
1: And <laughs> it crashes. Yeah. Yeah. those the, the start. Yeah. That's an expensive crash. Um, yeah. But it's all part of the. All part, of the, all part of the process and yep. it's no different than um there's another company that's doing 3d printing to make rockets which actually could put some pressure on spacex and their cost per launch but mm. um you know they they've had mildly successful launches but no one's giving them crap about it yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah. so anyway that we digress yeah <laughs> the the point is is that um you know, crypto and the news, you have to be really careful. I mean, I read stuff in the wall street journal and I forward it to you and you mm-hmm. you always respond to me. He's like, yeah, that's not how that works.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, admittedly the wall street journal of the major publications is at least the crypto writers yeah. are probably a little bit ahead of the, um, the learning curve than most of the media, you know, and, and there's pockets that are, that are really, um, that get it or particular like, um, reporters. So there's um, a reporter on CNN. Uh, her name is Julia. I forget her last name, but she seems to cover crypto and do well. And there's a, hey, reporter on CNBC International that does a good amount of um, interviewing. Mm-hmm. So you know, there's there's pockets of them or s- small number of them, but they have a um. You know, they have a big challenge in front of them because it, it you know the technology is admittedly confusing and it's moving quickly, and evolving. Yeah. So you know,
1: I think um. I think the reason why individual investors struggle the most is you can't touch it or feel it. It doesn't, it doesn't pay income. Um, Currently they don't, they don't use it mm-hmm. every day. Is you know, it's like yeah. they, they they can adapt to new things if, okay, this is how I'm going to pump gas. Now <laughs> I'm no longer going to pull the handle down. I'm just, I'm going to put my credit you card in. You remember for a long time people wouldn't put their credit. Oh, I'm not paying it to pump. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. They walk in, you know, um, but it's, they don't understand what the real purpose of it is.
2: Yeah. You know, it's, it's an evolving answer here because it's, you know, you're, you're right for the average us person, investor, whatever you want to call them. Crypto is not really going to change their life in, in, in the short term. Right. Um, you know, maybe if you are in the finance department at a business and you're paying bills internationally, it's going to change part of your working life, more on the on the shorter end of the time frame than it will be on your you know on the personal side. You know, I, I think that where, where we start seeing crypto creep into our personal lives is you know it, in an NFT that becomes a ticket for say a concert or you know your identity ends up in a digital form and likely could end up in a blockchain. Right. So. You know, outside of straight disinvesting on the speculative side of the price going up or down, you know, I don't think it's going to materially change much for you know a U.S. person short term. But it, you know, it's like I've said in other podcasts, it's the plumbing of the financial system that's changing, and once that's changed, maybe things happen quicker. You know, like this summer, I think it's June or July, the Fed is launching Fed Now. It's 24-7, 365 settlement of payments in the U.S between banks right now we're on a five day a week minus holidays from i think nine to four or something nine to five
1: i forget exactly when wires can settle settle during the day so you pay your amex bill on a saturday morning it will actually get paid on a saturday yeah so some people
2: that are um, (laughs) floating floating the weekend or say might be floating the weekend (laughs) might be um not so much floating anymore um but it's a you know the world's coming in, but that's again, just domestic, but most people only live in a domestic world for for all intents and purposes. Right. So, but yeah. So I think another angle to look at why this is so confusing to um, investors is, you know, what they may be seeing in the media when it, when the media is covering other things. So in this case, I'm referring to the regulators. So the sec and the CFTC are for all intents and purposes, fighting over crypto right now. like, is it a commodity? Is it a security? You know, they each have their viewpoints. I think that some crypto, or a lot, a large portion of the small and medium cap coins, they act like securities all day long. Like, but should they be under the same regime that a traditional security, like an equity, is under? I think that may be difficult for the technology, considering how um, distributed around the world this stuff is. Um, so you end up with some people having to play by different rules than others because just because they live in a different country, but they're working with the same asset Mm -hmm. is tricky. Um, you know, so the CFTC is governed by the, um, the committee in Congress that deals with agriculture kind of weird, but it really goes back to the days of corn and all that kind of stuff happening. Um, or the futures of those products. Mm -hmm the SEC is governed by the house financial services committee. And, you know, you would think that the SEC doesn't have to answer to them. They've been acting like they don't since Gary Gensler has been in office and and the way that they've been running it. But there was recently a committee meeting where Gensler was, had to sit there and he hadn't been in, um, in front of that committee since I think October of 21. So it'd been a while. And, he They were asking him yes or no questions, like literally saying, I, I'm asking for a yes or no answer here. And he would give him this, this like multi-sentence thing that was like a non-answer, you know, like, is Ethereum a security? Well, if you go back to the previous administration's SEC chairman and um his, you know, I guess other people that work for him, they would say Ethereum was not a security. Like there's this famous speech. Now the SEC is not even willing to claim whether it's a security or not a security. Like it's like so confusing to market participants. Um, You know, Coinbase has even said that they're willing to move outside the U.S. if this thing can't get cleared up. So it's, you know, what what does that mean for U.S. investors? I have no idea. um, Right. If you're a Coinbase customer, but it's just, it's, it's a state of affairs that like is embarrassing quite honestly. Like, you know, Europe's getting their act together. They have a Mica M I C A set of regulations that are coming into place that are pretty well rounded. And you have the U.S. out here kind of going the opposite direction, trying to figure out how to like regulate it away versus um, trying to put guard guardrails and rules around it to, to protect investors. So,
1: I, and that's another reason uh, that I think individual investors have struggle with this is is the lack of, lack of regulation. I think if, you know, and it goes twofold is once regulations in place, once we, all this has been defined and once the government is okay, or the, you know, the, the creators uh, I I guess the legacy firms get caught up with the, with the creators of all this you, you're you're probably too late. It's it's a mature asset class at that point uh, unless it just really takes off for multiple, multiple purposes. But right now for like, you know, at our firm, People people are here to maintain their standard of living. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not investing in things that are um, you could lose all your money in. Right. You're <laughs> right. not a casino. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Um, it, as as Brad often says uh, internally, our 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 first our first uh, mandate is to do no harm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a great way to think about it. You know, you so, so translate that into. So we, you know, we have mainstream invest- investors, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, several or many uh, ultra high net worth, uh, high net worth clients. And then we have just regular clients um, that, that you do find any other firm. Mm-hmm. And for them, a lot of them do have crypto on their own on the side. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them have talked about it with much passion. And then we had the bubble burst, the uh, crypto winter or mm-hmm. whatever we we're going to call that. Yeah. Um, you know, they just kind of like, uh, they didn't sell it. They still have it as far as I know, but, right. but, but just they've stopped, like, talking stopped talking about it. Stop talking about it. Yeah. The, the barbershop doesn't talk about it anymore either, which is usually yeah. a good sign. Yes. So a point is, is that why, why does an individual investor add that to their portfolio at this point? well it's this
2: psychology of investing right when nobody wants to touch the stuff, it might be the time you might <laughs> want to buy it <laughs> why, why? and when everybody's talking about it it's probably the time you want to sell it yeah um, true it it certainly holds the true in buffett, crypto
1: Warren buffett quote there <laughs> yeah i
2: yeah' you know, paraphrased poorly, but it's <laughs> it, you know it's a it's it holds true so so strongly in crypto because the hype cycles are just so extreme, like you know even if you like compare it to the equities like when things are going really well, like people aren't like probably checking their 401k every day or multiple times a day. <laughs> right. Right. In crypto, they have an app on their phone and they're like <laughs> opening it up and like refresh, refresh. I, I yeah. guess maybe the, the closest thing would be when the Robin hood stuff was going crazy during the, the, the meme, negative, the meme negative meme learning. Stock. Yes. Absolutely. Some negative. I've stuff.
1: seen a few people open up their, their crypto apps and I mean, clients here and, and they also, there's a correlation. They also love gambling. Like they love going mm-hmm. to casinos, and so it gives them that kind of that same. That feeling. Yeah, I mean,
2: because you can do you can trade crypto twenty four seven, right? So like, functionally, and, and
1: there's enough price movement.
2: Yes, in yeah. some of these, absolutely, you can.
1: Stocks uh, don't have I, that kind of price movement. I I, I do
2: not advocate anybody doing um, active um, crypto trading because because the markets are a because there's no regulation, but like are yeah. so manipulated. Like, you know, we won't have to get into it here, but it's just it's sad because you can. I see it all the time on Twitter where somebody's like, "I was trading and I had you know a stop loss in place and you know it went down and went down you know to that number or a penny lower, then went right back up. It's yeah. like because because it's not regulated and they can kind of stop loss hunt and they can take you out
1: right. So right, absolutely, Yep. Yeah. And I would there, are there not hedge funds that do that? I mean, cause um, there's
2: it. probably some uh, you know some that do that. Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't necessarily know personally, but it's hedge funds and or just like. Straight, you know, just sophisticated traders that have the data from exchanges or, you know, you can read stories about maybe not U.S. based exchanges, but exchanges outside the U.S. where admittedly a lot of U.S. investors go to do trading because not all the tokens are are available here. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, are the exchanges on the up and up, they could be sending a separate data feed to their VIP clients that gives them that kind of access. I mean, that's not something that couldn't happen.
1: And so. we used to say, you know, Coinbase and, and, you know, us based, um, type storage or we call them brokers in my world, mm-hmm. but th- you know, that's where you want to keep your assets. But even that, I think is somewhat questionable at this point. I, I think you'd pro- if you have a sizable amount of money, you'd want to create your own wallet, which yeah, now you're getting into, um, a whole different level of, of how, how to use your computer, you know, well
2: that, and you know, how you doing backups? I mean, there's a lot of questions that have to start being asked there. Yeah. Um, you know, are, is your token safe at a Coinbase? Likely. I mean, they, they have literally a, a custody division. and yeah. they, they do that for institutions. So I feel like they probably have that figured out. Um, but again, they the, the old adage in crypto is, you know, not your keys, not your crypto. So right. that doesn't change just because Coinbase seems to be on the up and up.
1: So obviously if regulation changes, then there's a clear path forward. Anything beyond that, do you think helps individual investors? You know, I think, I think just a, a narrative
2: change within. You know, we can have regulations, and we could have a negative um, agenda slash narrative from an administration, like we do now. Yeah. Or we could have positive. I think a positive or just outright neutral. <laughs> yeah. like an, I would take neutral at this point. Right. Um, you know, stance on crypto would be something that would I don't know within a year would double the market cap of the whole, all crypto. Like I think the U S is so negative and our capital markets are so large that we have so much more say than I think people realize.
1: Do you think that they're negative because the U S is concerned about a currency overtaking their U S dollar that they control so tightly?
2: I think that there's a lot of incumbents that are like dug in deep and they're pushing hard um, I think it's very because, political right because now because
1: they don't understand it either, or because mm-hmm. they see they see a th- they see it as a threat.
2: I could see. I actually think there could be multiple things at play here. I I think what's the larger thing at play here is not necessarily the U.S. dollar and its reserve status. I think that's the Fed's. You know, not having a good budget in the U.S. and all this other stuff is what's ruining the reserve status. When you weaponize your currency and you use it as a weapon too many times guess what countries are going to leave you? Right. I, I think the U S has done that to itself, but I think what's more crypto specific here is you have the incumbent banks like the JP Morgan's, the, the, the Goldman's that have, they make a lot of money off of fees in the cities that, you know, say do wire transfers in our correspondent banking. Right. They, they have motivation to see the system stay the way it is. And I think that they may be using their leverage behind the scenes in a political way, to get the administration to kind of kind of come back around and, you know, hey, Gary, be negative on crypto or, you know, just kind of like stir the pot effectively. And I think that the administration probably, in all likelihood, is not educated enough on crypto to know whether they're being fed facts or just this yeah. bunch of crap. Right. And, you know, here we get to pay the price for that. So...
1: see, Well, it's, cer- it's certainly going to be... Um it's interesting what happens in the next, I was about to say five years, probably even two years. Yes. Government moves slow, um, but they seem to be moving a little faster uh, than, than normal just yeah. because the the market is probably demanding that at this point.
2: Yeah. There's, there's a lot of grumpy people within the crypto space with regards to regulators and Congress because regulations come from Congress. The SEC yeah. can't make a relation. The SEC right. enforces them or the CFTC or whatever, you know, uh, at the beginning of the year, I thought we were going to see the basic form of crypto regulation, maybe stablecoin stuff. I don't think there's a chance that we see that at all this year. Um, I've, I've read that, you know, in all likelihood, we don't see meaningful regulation at a Congress until we get a new administration, potentially new administration. at 2025. Jeez. Yeah. To two years away. I think what we, the only sort of quote-unquote clarity that we get right now comes from courts. And that's just slow and painful. Yeah. Um, you have... The um, Ripple and SEC case that is, for all intents and purposes, ready to be decided. Just waiting on the judge to make a judgment there. That could be, you know, five minutes from now or a month from now. So we're certainly at the end of the tail end of that. That's two almost two and a half years in the making. There, uh, you have the case where the Grayscale, the company that has those yeah. uh, the publicly traded trust, um, was suing the SEC because they wouldn't approve a spot Bitcoin. Right, and that actually. Is on an accelerated path because I think because it came from the SEC because they're suing the SEC or something around that. There's a, where they got to kind of start at a higher level of court. I don't yeah. I don't fully understand it admittedly, and this sounds like they're going to win that um, against the SEC. Like hmm. th- like the SEC, the judge was pulling no punches, and I think it's it's obvious that judges are watching other cases that other right. judges are dealing. And I, there's, there's this groundswell of judges that are just kind of like tired of the SEC's antics, which, you know, in, in this case is good because I agree with what the judges are doing. Other times you may not agree with it. Right. Um, right. And then just um, just last night, Coinbase sued the SEC. So not SEC suing Coinbase. The Coinbase sued the SEC for not responding to their request for rulemaking from last June or July. So almost, you know, call it nine months ago. Yeah. And the SEC, excuse me, the um, Coinbase is literally in their lawsuit asking for a yes or no answer to what, what they had submitted. And apparently when you ask an um, agency for rulemaking, they have a set period of time they have to respond in, and Coinbase is, excuse me, SEC is outside of that at this point. It'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, Coinbase a year ago was very much like, oh, we'll do whatever the SEC wants kind of type mentality in my opinion. Um, they yeah. didn't They weren't really supportive at all of... Ripple or X XRP in that case with the SEC until the very end when they could do amicus briefs and they saw how much of an overreach the SEC was doing. Mm-hmm. Now they are very much on the offensive, which I think is the correct um, tack right now for crypto in general. You have to be willing to almost throw the first punch um, with it, with a regulator that is acting so far outside of what is reasonable. So,
1: so that goes back to, all right, individual investor. I see this crypto and then I consider putting it into my portfolio, but I see all this regulation and this back and forth. Um, that that's a that's a roadblock. There's another roadblock. And that, how many cryptos are there? Twenty something <laughs> thousand. Yeah, twenty something thousand. You got Dogecoin and things that you hear about in the news. And so, if you know nothing about this, you buy that coin, coin thinking there's like a purpose behind it and that it's like mm-hmm. legitimate, but as an individual investor it's it's kind of like going to uh buy stocks and you but you don't really know the companies but you just kind of hear something and go oh maybe I'll try this one um there's actually there's there's actually a, like a market cap order yes uh to this but market cap
2: is the only ranking that we have in crypto right now but it's a terrible <laughs> right. one
1: <laughs> right
0: cuz well,
2: you end up
1: with something like doge and shiba being yeah, on the list yeah that's true that's true cuz of a bunch of other idiots it's right yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah that's true i mean maybe there needs to be a um, So, there's an etf.com. You mm-hmm. go to etf, you do forward slash, you type in the ticker, mm-hmm. and it has all this data about what's behind it. It should be yeah. a crypto.com done the same way. And I, you put in the. I think over time there will be. <laughs> we need regulations to understand what kind of the metrics that
2: need to be in place. Yes. And how reporting happens and like all this kind of stuff. Right now it doesn't happen.
1: But there's cryptos that can be segregated by their purpose. Right. You t- yes. I think that,
2: you know, fast forward some number of years, you start having different types of cryptos right different types of tokens so like you have like a utility token you have a one that's a true security and you have some other hybrid i think there's probably two or three buckets that we end up with probably named differently yeah and
1: like a currency based one or right i mean that
2: could be the utility one potentially okay um but you know at the end of the day it's just you know you were saying how all, all these i wouldn't say fear but all these questions around it like For the average investor, right? Like, how do they know which one to pick? Well, I'm a believer that ninety-nine percent of those twenty thousand are going to zero. Yeah. Okay. Not I don't say that to put fear into anybody, just like understand the game that you're playing. Right. And at the end of the day, I think it takes just a lot of research. Unless you're gonna be speculative and you're gonna be, you know, almost say day trading, but swing trading it, that's different. Yeah. But if you're trying to be in this long term, it takes a lot of research and Part of what you're getting paid for by taking on all that risk is the potential upside, right? Yeah. If you get it right, you're going to get it right, yeah. in a in a good sized way. And but
1: can you get it right with the top two coins? So right Bitcoin
2: now. and Ethereum. You know what does right mean to you in that sense? Well,
1: get it right means that'd
2: be outside. You'd have to have an outsized return. So you know, know, I think that
1: Bitcoin going to go to a million.
2: Is it? I, I'm not in that camp. At least I'm not in. Even, even in five years, I have trouble seeing that. Yeah. Um, I mean, if Bitcoin goes to a million dollars in the next five years or shorter, that means that we have, I think other things happening in the world that I don't think we really want to happen. Collapse, um, of, collapse uh, or economies of, of financial systems, those kind of things. Yeah. I think that'd be potentially a flight to safety there. Um, but I don't know
1: that, that that's more of a guess. The flight to safety right now is still short term U S treasuries. Yes. It is. I mean, you yeah. look at what just happened in 22, flight yeah. safety was not the Bitcoin, the flight safety was the 2 month, 3 but that month. But
2: that wasn't a currency melting down that No, was it was this, not yeah. a
1: currency melting down. Yeah. No. no. Uh, it, yeah, and 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 I have I have a podcast in the works um for our listeners about just about that. Um there's been so much talk about this is now BRICS cuz South Africa's yeah. is included, included in that, but so much talk about um that currencies and what's happening down there and you think about uh, how that relates to crypto is that's mm-hmm. where crypto, like, yes, makes the most that's sense. The um, <laughs> it's inside those countries, which many of those it's illegal to even have crypto, right? right? Because because the they're gov- trying to support up their the government, up knows their own that currency. they can't even hand, handle their own currency, much yeah. less a foreign currency.
2: I, you know, as an aside, the I saw that the BRICS, um, you know, they're kind of doing their new thing together right now or setting it up. Yeah, that 17 other countries ask for, um, to be members of that new thing. Like, right, it's it's a real thing. Yeah, it's
1: because people get fed up with the, um, the, the the international monetary fund and the world and the World Bank because there's all yeah. these rules and regulations, and it, it's kind of like going to a normal bank and. You mm-hmm. get the rum around, and then you end up doing a loan with some dude on the internet for 12%, right? <laughs> it's right. just faster,
2: easier. Yeah. And, um, and when the Fed raised rates last year, that made it really expensive to get dollars outside the U.S. Yeah. And a lot of these countries are having to pay debt. And, and I get it. They are trying to look
1: for alternatives. Right. So, Now, I will remind everyone, again, we could, have a, we could have two whole podcasts about this, but everyone keeps talking about China and, and the yuan, mm-hmm. right? The yuan is still backed are pegged to the U.S. dollar. I didn't realize that. So if they they're doing all these things now, if they ever change that, then they'll turn the world upside down. It also turn China upside down. Currently, right? <laughs> but, yeah. but right now, the yuan is pegged to the U.S. dollar. So even if you trade in yuan, or or the ruble's not obviously, mm-hmm. but if you trade in yuan, it, it's still it's still in the end. What does China do with it? There's nothing right. they can do with it to bring stability to their own currency other than holding the u.s dollar so that that's the important piece of this that people are not reporting in the news when they talk about all this and usually unfortunately it's like right-wing um (laughs) newsletters and things of that nature they're trying to scare people into buying their subscription or buying gold (laughs) buying silver or something like that but you have to remember that the even if even in all that rhetoric um and it's not exactly anti-American rhetoric, but it's, mm-hmm. there's a, the undertone to it. Right. Um, they're still buying our bonds because they have to.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you start trading one instead of dollars, you're just switching your counterparty. Like. Yeah, correct. correct. I mean, especially if they're pegged together. So it's interesting to think through that. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so back to your question about, um, you know, for the top two, so Bitcoin and Ethereum. Like, I, I, I believe they will appreciate over the next, you know, some number of years. The way that I look at, you know, when I do investments in the fund is like, where am I going to get a better return on the investment? You know, like I I, I tend to buy you know some high cap coins, but more mid cap coins because I feel like some of the risk is taken out of them because that, that have a purpose. That have yeah, well right. yes. There's a, there's a long checklist to make it <laughs> into something that gets purchased. But like generally, that you know they they make it through all this other screening. But what kind of return like? You know, is it something that can double in value or something like that? And it's, you know, I have to be careful because I'm not giving financial advice, but it's the, the, the challenge of trying to figure out, you know, the risk reward there. Um, And I, you know, I don't see, you know, a lot of these coins could, you know, go up two, three, 400%. Yeah. Is that going to happen to Bitcoin? I don't know. In that same period of time, maybe I, you know, I just think the more, the, the bigger the market cap already is, the harder that becomes. Yeah. Um, so
1: yeah, unless it gets adopted into something. I mean, for a short time, you could buy a Tesla of Bitcoin. And that gave him a little more legitimate legitimacy yeah, too. it. It was a PR but, stunt, <laughs> but, yeah. but it was quickly retracted. So now, like, what do you do with Bitcoin now? Um, it's kind of becoming more of, I think, a store value, storage value, because you know it's expensive to transact. It,
2: yeah, I mean, you know, if you're buying a car, the the eight or ten dollars that it costs to do a Bitcoin transaction probably is you know, inconsequential. Yeah. But if you're buying a cup of coffee, probably pretty consequential. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, but, you know, just you know, the example of buying stuff with Bitcoin or accepting it as payment for businesses. The problem is the SEC requires um, businesses to hold it on their balance sheet and they mark to market it down, but they won't allow them to market market it up. Hmm. So again, that's another anti, in my opinion, another anti crypto yeah. um, thing that they've done is just kind of like, why? Why do we why do we have to act like kids? Can we act like adults here please? Right. So right. but you know, incumbent banks, you know, yeah, a lot of
1: sway. Uh, I mean, think about it. They what they just did with the banks, they did mark the market uh down. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh no, up really, but they uh, gave them the they gave them the par value even though uh, it it I mean, dropped to yes. to in 50% in value in order to keep the regional banks afloat. So mm. Uh, yeah, that, that that poor opposite approach with uh, with Bitcoin. Yeah, it's uh, and we we could
2: talk all day about <laughs> how it's just not fair. But you know, <laughs> as things become more fair, I think it becomes a more obvious trade, and then yeah, you know, maybe I would say the trade is gone at that point. But you know, some of the upside is certainly taken
1: out of it. Right. Well, I, I see I see it in portfolios long term. I think it's. Um, I think it's hard unless you're a high net worth, ultra high net worth investor, which all your, all your clients are, you, you don't have any, uh, um, yeah, you have to be accredited. Yeah. Accredited, non-accredited, um, uh, investors. And then even then you want to limit it to about one, 2% of your, of your total investment portfolio. So, but that's why we do this podcast. We do this podcast because you have to be learning more about this. You have to be learning what's coming around the corner. You can't sit here with your head in the sand. Right. And not understand the, what the future is going to be looking like. Um, and you know thank you for your insight
2: yeah absolutely
1: all right uh, we had a great podcast uh, last episode if you want to if you have if you missed that one mm-hmm. uh, we had Don Friedman in uh, talking about the uses and features of crypto and how advisors use cryptos uh, that was a great uh, very popular episode T- take a listen to that if you missed that one otherwise we'll see you next month Robert yep take care
0: Thanks for listening to a Wiser Retirement Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Make sure to subscribe wherever you're listening. That way you don't miss any new episodes. We'd also appreciate if you could leave a rating and review. If you have any questions about anything that was discussed today, head to wiserinvestor.com and reach out. This episode was produced and edited by Ken Hoagley. This podcast is strictly for informational purposes only and is not to be considered as investment advice or a solicitation to buy or sell any financial products, securities, digital assets, or any other investment vehicles, or a basis to make any financial decisions. Wiser Wealth Management Incorporated is a registered investment, advisor with SEC. The host and or guest may personally own securities, digital assets, or other investment vehicles mentioned on this podcast. Neither the host nor guest of the show are compensated for their participation and no referral fees are paid to or received by any host or guest for clients, listeners, or similar interests. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor, tax professional, insurance professional, and or legal professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.